this is your last recording from London. Yeah, that's correct. This is my last recording from London before moving back to Hong Kong. And then we'll be on the same time zone. Oh, hey, do you oh. like my new Zoom background? Yo, how did you do that? So you go to preferences and then for virtual background, you can just add whatever image. And I got this from Jackie Winter, which is an art artist agency. And they just released this pack of Zoom backgrounds using art created by the artists they represent. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So any background works. Any image works. I can upload my own image, basically. Yeah, you can upload your own image. So now you're I might in do that. San Francisco. Yo, these are kind of whack. Yeah, they are a little bit. Oh, well. Anyways, oh, I'll go hey, with... that's, I like that. That makes me feel good. So just for people who can't see us, Eugene has like an Aurora Borealis background and I have Northern like, Lights. I'm in Northern Alberta right now. I have like a sandwich background. It's like an illustration. Yo, yours is kind of artsy. This is fun. This has suddenly made this more fun. Are you drinking wine? Yo, okay. So last night, during the day, I had a, I recorded a podcast for Joyce, which is like a high-end retailer in Hong Kong. So basically I was part of a, like a conversation series, right? And I had like two coffees at like 3 p.m. And I couldn't sleep. Back to back. And at like, well, I was like an Americano, but I just, I, I double tapped the button. So I had uh, two Americanos. Got it. Which is not that much. It's two shots of espresso, right? Yeah. And like, I, I was wired until like 7 a.m. Oh, shoot. What? It, That's not yeah, good. Yeah, I didn't sleep. Oh, whatever. It's fine. This is Making It Up, a podcast where we tell you what's happening in creative culture and why it matters. I'm Sharice Poon, and my co-host is Eugene Kan. We don't always have all the answers, but we try our best to reach a conclusion that adds value to the conversation. If you like this podcast, please share an episode with a friend. We really appreciate it. So this week, we both kind of tried to do non-COVID-19 related subjects. And by tried, I mean we were talking about picking a subject and finding it difficult, at least for me, because everything, culture, art, finance, anything at all out there is somehow related to the pandemic. But I just felt like people could probably use some non-pandemic related material. Because I was listening to another podcast, and they said that at the top of their podcast as well. They said, because it's a little bit more of an entertainment humor one. They said, we understand that, you know, everything is going on in this world. But so long as you're still listening to us for, like, entertainment and for humor, like, that's what we want to provide. So we're not going to, like, switch programming to be virus related. So that's kind of yeah. what was at the back of my mind. But it was so hard to find anything that wasn't somehow related to the virus. And I don't know if it's just because of like where my mind is at, but or if everything genuinely is just like, even a little bit touches upon it. I would say that in general, we try to just choose topics that aren't necessarily driven by something really big going on in the world right now. Like I think there's yeah. small moments, but we're never trying to like- Because we're not a hard news podcast. Exactly. Please don't get your health-related info from us please go look up the who 
you know, that's that's where people should be going. Do you want me to start or do you want to start? Yeah, you go ahead. Okay. This subject actually comes from Stanley, my partner, who shared it with me while I was trying to look for something not virus related. And it is about this millennial movement called FIRE. And FIRE is an acronym which stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And it's this movement to save, invest, and then quit work as early as possible. We're talking mid-30s. Okay, instead of like 65, which is the sort of regular retirement age. The expectation anyways. Yeah, that's kind of the expectation. And so it is a little bit cult-like. So I'm just going to put that out there to begin with. And the author of this piece says that as well. So I actually really enjoyed this article. It was in Vox and it was written by Steffi Grobplant, published March 25th. And I think it's really fair. The author interviewed a bunch of people who participate in FIRE and who are advocates of it. But then also there's a lot of like criticism of fire. So I'm just going to talk a little bit more about like what this movement is. It started after the 2008 financial crisis and is basically encouraging extreme frugality through saving and investing at levels that people don't usually do. The people who usually do fire have some kind of additional privilege, such as inheritances and not having as much debt. So for example, to put it in hard numbers, there's this one couple who decided in 2013 that they wanted to have a net worth of $1 million by the end of 2019. Okay, and then they figured out all of the math for those seven years, what they were gonna have to do in terms of like spending and saving in order to reach that goal. And the reason why people do this is because essentially they've decided, I'm not happy working. And I don't want to spend the vast majority of my adult life working. I want my time back as a person. So I'm going to try FIRE so that I can, exact, exactly what the acronym says, have financial independence and retire early. And to give you a little bit of a picture, there are about 700,000 members of a subreddit. And this one really popular blog has more than 30 million unique viewers. So that kind of gives you an idea of like, how big or how small this movement is. I would say it's still pretty niche. And the You're not watching the screen, are you? Not really. Yeah, because when you said the subreddit, I was like, I put up my hand. Are you part of it? Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't ask You're me. You're part of this specific subreddit? Yeah. What? I'm surprised you didn't ask me if I knew what this was or if I had any point of view on it. Oh my gosh, it. no, please start. So, okay, Stanley literally shared this with me 30 minutes ago. Because I was like, I'm supposed to record and I don't have a subject because everything I look at is virus related. And Stanley sent me a bunch of links and one of them was this. And I hadn't heard of fire until 30 minutes ago. So maybe you should be doing this subject. Mm, I think that you personally have uh, a really good perspective on these financial topics. And I say that from the perspective of you find a way to relate it back to lifestyle and to creative culture. Which is why I actually don't think it's a bad thing you do it. Oh, so... You know what I mean? My perspective is going to be different. I think it'll be just too black and white. Did, that makes sense. did you join the subreddit for your own personal interest? Or was it more of a subreddit that you joined, you know, the kind where you want to observe how other people are behaving in a subculture? Or this was for like your genuine own lifestyle? I'm trying to think. It's probably a little bit of a few factors. Number one, Remember that story we did with, around City Quitters with yeah. Karen Rosencrantz? I think that itself is actually part of the whole FIRE movement, mm -hmm. which is about people moving away from big cities, 
to pursue simpler lives out in smaller towns, in rural communities. But it's also just thinking about how to regain time or how to take control of time, right? And I think that's one of the underlying things or philosophies are on fire is that you don't, I'm going to, I'm going to screw this up, but you kind of know what I mean. It's like, you're basically doing what you need to, but then you're also living an actual life. I'm sure there's some sort of like clean uh, saying around that. But when I, I think part of it was just being more mindful and just being more educated about that. And what are things I can do to accelerate or facilitate this? Because one thing you do recognize about fire is that people are trying to achieve this goal under the pretense of the acquisition of freedom. It's not about, oh, I want to find ways to invest and make more money so I can buy a new house or can buy a a material object. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, there are some things that I'm on board with. And the first one is what you just said. Like The main tenet of this philosophy is that time is a non-renewable resource. If you think of your time that way as this resource that you are running out of, how are you going to spend it? So actually, what was really interesting, I don't know if this is, it comes up in the subreddit, but this article traced back the current FIRE movement to this book published in 1992 called Your Money or Your Life, co-authored by Vicki Robin. And then the Vox article, in summarizing the book, the author wrote, Become financially independent, i.e. accumulate enough net worth to quit your job and you will be freed from the binds of stuff because of the plain fact that you will no longer have a seemingly endless supply of money with which to buy it. And that was the part that I really did identify with, that by continuing to work and to have a seemingly like indefinite stream of money coming in, it's easy to spend without thinking. And that connection between like the money you earn and the stuff you buy is like a trade-off for the time you spend is is the core philosophy of fire, which I can get behind, even though the execution, there are things that are like not for everyone. I've been thinking about this a lot recently, especially since I've been spending so much time at home. I find myself shopping a lot. Mm. And it's in part for maybe research slash like an interest around that. Because within fire, it doesn't say that, hey, you cut out all your hobbies, right? It's more about you having control of the situation and removing yourself from the rat race. Yeah, they say that a lot too. Yeah, like I was thinking about it because a lot of the quote-unquote shopping or browsing I do, it's, I don't know what it is. Like it's, this is a very interesting point in my life because I've rarely been this consumeristic, if it makes sense, Mm. right? Like I just, I almost appreciate understanding how materials are made or people's culture and perspective around tangible products now but that doesn't mean in a way that you have to own them well correct correct like i almost feel like if if it's you know one a full pie i don't necessarily need final ownership as the kind of end-all be-all of this whole sort of relationship with product right so i'm i I think it's interesting because the thing about you know not having quote unquote infinite income or like regular income to support a habit is i think it's somewhat correct because fire doesn't say you can't do certain things it's more about like allowing you the freedom to do those things yes right and and what you see a lot in these subreddits are people scaling up and scaling down 
their spending habits. So especially in the last few weeks, like a lot of people that have achieved fire have done so on the pretense of just, you know, maybe a a well-managed stock portfolio, right? Yeah. And obviously things have changed significantly given the volatility of the last few weeks. Yeah. So people now have to go and be like, hey, you know what? I'm spending $40,000 a year. I think I can cut it down to $35,000 and I will, you know, I won't eat out as much. Mm-hmm. Like they, they make these very conscious decisions. Yeah. I think in the past, when you're younger, you're more inclined to follow the flow of your friends. And if you're, if a bunch of friends are doing it, it's a lot harder for you to say no to that. Definitely. But I think as you get older, you get to a point where you can actually remove yourself from certain financial situations, like social situations and create value around the alternative. So I'm not going to go out to eat with a friend tonight, but I'll stay home and I'll make dinner. And that in itself will be a different type of rewarding or enjoyable experience. Yeah. I mean, I think you comment on something else that we've just been trained by society is to consider retirement at 65. And so it's like abnormal for people our age to be like thinking about it so intensely right now, right? Whereas fire people are very much like calculated exactly what their lives ideally in an ideal financial situation looks like. And there's definitely things about this that I think are good, generally good financial advice, like such as having target numbers, you know? And I think that's part of the thing that puts consumerism into perspective is like, if I had a target number of like how much money I want to have at the age of 40, or maybe even sooner, like let's say 35, like if I had a target number for the amount of money I want to have by the age of 35, then I would think more carefully about how I spend money rather than right now where I sort of like have ambiguous amount. Like I, I save money, but I don't have this need to like that. That kind of changes your perspective on things. I, I also wanted to give a little bit more detail. You might be more familiar, but at least in this Vox article, extreme fire recommendation is to save 50 to 70 percent of your paycheck and then it also says to subscribe by a four percent rule of only spending four percent of your portfolio every year post-retirement so 70 percent of your paycheck is quite a lot and that that was kind of one of the biggest criticisms which was that fire is not for everyone it's for people who obviously like are in a position of being able to afford that right? And so they aren't living paycheck to paycheck. But I actually really liked what this one guy, Pete Adeney, said. He said to Vox, and Pete Adeney was the blogger behind Mr. Money Mustache, which is apparently a very big fire blog. And he said, getting rich people excited about consuming less is by far the most effective way to protect the environment, which is why I mainly write articles targeted at my fellow wealthy Americans. So I appreciated that he was specifically saying like i i know that fire is not for everyone it's not a lifestyle that i am recommending for the working poor like it is a lifestyle for wealthy young people to start considering maybe i don't have to accrue so much wealth and maybe there's a better way of spending my time than participating in the rat race so i thought that was really yeah. good yeah one thing i that came up in my discussion yesterday and i we all know because hong kong is such a unique place in that there are so many people with a shitload of money that on paper should be happy but they don't really have that happiness to to enjoy and that if there's any reason for you to understand there's a a strong lack of 
correlation between yeah. happiness and money, yeah. it's Hong Kong. What, one thing is that, you know, going back to how people achieve this, like, you have to really fall within a certain type of lifestyle for you to achieve this. Like, first off, living in a big city immediately makes it really difficult. I think most people are spending anywhere between 20 to, you know, over 50% of their income on Definitely. rent or housing in big cities. Like, it's just sometimes it's just you can't really get past that. You can't really chop it to like 15%. Yeah. Right. Unless you make a, a lot of money, you know? So that's why a lot of people elect to either they change jobs, they change to something that allows them to work from home, and that allows them to move to a smaller place or to yeah, move altogether. to a smaller city that has a lower cost of living. Uh, one thing, one thing that maybe we can put in the show notes is that. In regards to what that number is, I've been reading a book that actually Scott from Megan gave me called Invested by Daniel Town. And on her website, she has this little calculator. Basically what it does, it takes into account how much money you're going to save, what your returns are, or what your suggested returns are, uh, how much you spend a year, so you know how much you need to retire with. So you need a bit of research to understand what those numbers look like to you but it's a tool that you can use. Well, you know, one thing that's interesting that you mentioned is this understanding that there is not necessarily a correlation between having more and more money and being happy. And I think FIRE both believes in that and then also that work makes you unhappy. Like, it seems like a lot of people who follow FIRE are not happy with the nine-to-five work. And for the creative community, that might not be as true but i can see how that would be true for the people who do fire essentially but also there is still a gamble that would retiring early make you happy and i'm not saying that there's like an answer here because also everyone is different and not the same thing makes each of us happy but it is also a gamble that by you know, living super frugally and optimizing your finances so that you can retire at 35 and then not have to work is going to make you happy. And the author talks to some people where it's an adjustment, like it's a whole mental adjustment. And they're not even sure. Like she spoke to one person who had reached retirement and that person was like, I'm actually still like trying to reframe even though i've been doing this for like eight years i'm still trying to reframe the way i think about my life and like what i'm doing i think two things are really important to consider is i think 35 is maybe considered like an ideal but it's actually super aggressive i would say secondly is that that's that level of super frugality is not for everybody it's not for the faint of heart like if you're gonna do it to try to retire at 35 like you're gonna take you're gonna have to make a ton of concessions right so one thing you also see is, I think a lot of people go into this subreddit and look for validation that it's okay not mm. to do this in such a black and white way. Like there's a gradient. So I just want someone to tell me like, oh, you know what? Like if you're not enjoying life because you're so frugal, then maybe you mm-hmm. need to find a better harmonious point than, oh, you know what? I'm going to save, you know, 95% of my yeah. income. I mean, one of the critics of FIRE said that that the that fo- sheer focus on finances and chasing after FIRE can also backfire and cause like anxiety and depression. And 
be like all consuming and it actually turns into the opposite of what it's meant to be where you are thinking about money like all the time and it's driving your life when actually the goal is to eventually not have to think about money and to be chasing after it so yeah you kind of have mm -hmm. to really know where you're at i had one more quote actually that might address mm -hmm. like your current situation of being more consumeristic and it's also from pete adeny and he said this on the tim ferris show in 2017. most of our spending is a sign of weakness and it's a bunch of stuff that we do to compensate for our weaknesses because we couldn't solve the problem in a smarter way so he's pretty intense it sounds like as a person but he just really believes in and this is another quote breaking money's grip on the masses about the end of work to buy and buy to maintain again this is like he's on the far end of like black and white right which is like all spending is non-essential like all consumerism is like weakness but it it's a uh, i guess you have to be kind of polarizing to get people to start like considering the ways that they might apply this to their own lives i do wonder if the sort of initial bump in spending on e-commerce whatnot is in the phase of a lack of experience right and i don't mean that because the money you're spending on e-commerce is what you would spend necessarily going out but it's just like your time is spent hanging out with friends going for walks going for hikes playing football going to the gym like suddenly you have mm, interesting these extra moments of time that you need to find something to fill with i do think about it from that perspective like i'm uh, just at home i for, have for people who enjoy doing research about products it could also be that where you can turn a purchase into a whole you know days worth of research right like stanley's that kind of person you know if you wanted to buy a keyboard for example like that could be weeks of research related, you know, just thinking about that, comparing things. And so it is an activity. It's not just about like that end purchase. But I don't know if that's like, I, I doubt you are like just dropping things into a cart and like checking out right now. Mm -hmm. There was one more criticism that retiring early is not actually a smart financial decision, that it doesn't prepare for unexpected disasters or just, you know, anything that's like you couldn't have budgeted for. And so that's that as well. But I suppose it also doesn't mean like you retire early and then you can never get out of retirement. It's just a change in the way we think about like the pace of work, which is something else that is like a construct. Yeah, like there are people that, sorry, I keep, I keep kind of interjecting with different things that I remember reading. Other scenarios I've seen are people have, you know, they've retired and they've lacked meaning or they haven't been able to properly fill all that free time because mm. they actually might enjoy their jobs. So now they're trying to figure out what that new point is. Like the goal of fire has been achieved. It just wasn't as good or it wasn't cracked up to what it was supposed to be. So how do they find ways to inject some sort of excitement or meaning back into their lives? Yeah. I mean, it's a whole other question, right? Which is like, if I worked a job that I wasn't happy with, but I had that goal of making money, like the job filled its function of earning me money, then once I have enough money, then suddenly I have to confront the question of, well, what would I do when money is not a concern? 
like what am i genuinely passionate about and and i don't know maybe not everyone is set up to like answer that question mm -hmm. yet or like they it takes time i thought it was interesting because it seems to have really gained traction in the last five years and i was trying to pick something that wasn't explicitly virus related and so the fact that it started like in the last five to seven years was like perfect something that is ongoing but obviously because of this current situation it is i think the aftermath of this could be that more people are going to look for solutions such as fire because they will be in they will be forced to like look yeah. at their finances consider yeah. based on what you know about fire is it something that you'll start to slowly educate yourself on and adapt and adopt certain techniques or learnings from this movement? I've never really considered retiring early, so-called so retiring early, because I've always been fortunate enough to like my work and because I want to teach. I also think of teaching as a thing that you can do until you're older, actually like past you know, standard retirement age if you want to. And that's kind of, at least like where I am right now is like what I would want to do with my time. Like that's how I feel about my work and how I want to spend my day to day. But I do think that from a financial perspective, what I could subscribe to is setting more hard goals and trying to meet those goals by specific years. And I think that that gives it more structure. And then instead of thinking mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, I'm always going to be earning money until I'm 70, you know, like it, it, even if I have nothing concrete that I'm necessarily like saving up for, like such as early retirement, it still provides, it provides more of a system of how am I going to spend my money and what kind of financial decisions am I going to make to, to reach that target? So I'm into that. Yeah. And also the fact that Stanley sent me this suggests that this is something he's been researching. And since, since we're together, I assume that this is going to become a part of you know, our joint budgeting. So that's also just being considerate as a partner, like how he wants us to consider our money together. Yeah, I think ultimately it doesn't necessarily impact your lifestyle that much. Because the things you enjoy, you can still do them. It's just what happens in the periphery mm -hmm. so you can still enjoy those things. So what I mean by that is if you enjoy good meals or good restaurants, then the meals you have outside of those moments where you're eating at the restaurants you want to eat at might be much more straightforward and simple. And it's more no frills. It's like, hey, I'm doing this so I can like equalize and balance out. One thing that I also found was cool. I don't think I'm here at this point yet, but there were people in the article who said that they've found fire to be a really supportive community. Like the people that they met on the subreddit or as followers of different blogs were people that they could be friends with essentially and like support each other's life decisions. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, and we talked about this at the beginning, like having people around you who have made financial decisions similarly to yourself so that your lives are kind of like in sync in that same way. And that must help when you're like making mm -hmm. a decision about eating out or buying clothes or whatever. Cool. Should we move on? Yeah, let's do it.
we've had a lot of trouble finding non-COVID-19 related things. Because I think generally most of the topics lean into the, the negative side of things. So this was one of the things where I thought was both fitting for this present moment in time, but also in the realm of creativity. So there was something published on oneclub.org, which is the website for the One Club. And for those unfamiliar, myself included, the One Club for Creativity exists to support and celebrate the success of the global creative community. They're a diverse group of creative thinkers and doers, and their goal is to kind of engage in a bunch of inclusionary as well as community-based activation. So it could be education, it could be improving inclusion and diversity. And in this particular thing they published, it was a global call to creatives, an open brief from the United Nations. This news piece was really about how can you connect the One Club community with the UN Office for Partnerships? And how can creatives help out in these current times of distress and difficulty? Why are you interested in the One Club in particular? It wasn't so much that it was the One Club, it was the fact that this genuinely feels like because actually this piece of news was shared by nathan and it's more so what we can offer when we don't fit within sort of the the expected role of help because i think right now it's very clear like equipment slash frontline medical staff right those seem to be the most pertinent so it's like if you don't have those skill sets i'm interested in this coming from the un and the who which I think is very cool. But I had not heard of the One Club prior to this moment, so I was not sure if there was like a connection there that you were particularly interested in. Uh, mm, I mean, the One Club itself just seems like a global organization around creativity. So I think they're just... The brief is really good, actually, from the UN, in my opinion. It's very clear, but it you can tell it's like, oh yeah, we need creative people. Although it was done in Google Slides, so maybe that's why. I'm just being a hater, but uh, I think it's fine. It's clear. It's outlined. It tells you exactly like if you're this person, how can you help? Like it's not. It's not just vague, you know. Very clear. It's just not be helpful. It's not the best looking brief I've seen. Okay, but anyways, that is beyond the point. That is beyond the point. I'm going to incriminate myself. I'm going to say some dumb shit. But the brief itself, they put out a global call to creatives. So one of the first slides, there's a quote from UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres. We are in an unprecedented situation and the normal rules no longer apply. We cannot resort to the usual tools in such unusual times. The creativity of the response must match the unique nature of the crisis and the magnitude of the response must match its scale. So in general, obviously, we are more than familiar with what's going on right now. And the reason why the UN is putting this out is they're hoping creatives such as influencers, talent networks, media owners, creators, etc., they can take key messages and then interpret them in their own way. So it could be a creative twist, a cultural quirk, interpretation, etc., and they can find ways to leverage the overall global community to make work. So it isn't really about just like hey one campaign, it's almost as though this blank slate we're going to give you some pointers yeah and, and then also so that you can reach so that the un can reach different communities so if macon decided to do something then this message would reach the macon community 
in particular in a way that we understand. The UN has identified six key areas of public activation most essential right now. Together, these make up six mini briefs or episodes, including personal hygiene, social distancing, know the symptoms, kindness contagion, myth busting, and the last one, do more, donate. And 100% in agreement, they did a great job of sort of like outlining the information. So maybe it, it nullifies my point about it needing to look nice. But basically, they're saying, oh, if you're a creator, you can help this way. If you're an influencer, media owner, brand, community group, human being, these are all the different ways you can contribute. I think what's also nice is just the UN acknowledging that creative people could be powerful in helping. And this refers back to what you were saying in the beginning, like how can we help even though we are not medical professionals or healthcare workers? And there there have been so many different initiatives and ways that creatives already, like before this brief came out, have come up with things that they think they can do to help. But it's also significant to me that the UN and WHO recognize this in putting out this brief and seeing the the potential of having creatives around the world like on their side essentially and like spreading these messages basically they they the last few pages they just drop a few different mini briefs and it's just to get your mind thinking like oh how can i contribute to this but i think that last point you made is probably the main reason why i found this so interesting is that we've seen a i don't want to say continual it's more like there's a growing respect for creatives and communicators that goes beyond just you know oh you know what what you do is like skillless and it's like it's not worth paying for it's actually less about that because i think there is an inherent value to the val to what people do in this capacity but what changes now is that under this pretense it's like they understand that the impact of a creative getting involved changes mm-hmm. significantly their ability to message right and get and get the message across so this to me like i put this like maybe it's because i don't personally feel like i fall in the prototypical sort of bucket of oh i'm like an illustrator or i like i have a vlog right but now that they've outlined it as such so yeah there's a lot of ways you can help people contribute you're on this you are a media owner i know that's what i'm saying or whatever yeah like actually it was it makes total sense now right in terms of that and i I wondered like what i I was as i was reading this i was thinking like what are things that you can do that would be impactful and that knowing there's so much noise out there right now like what's that glimmer of positivity because i was watching this youtube video of a parody where someone was basically doing adele's um is it alone i don't know what song we're referring to <laughs> it's like wait is it the one like someone like you that one no but all anyways, we're doing it's the is one, showing how little uh, we know about pop culture and adele it. isn't even recent pop culture Stop.
so I was watching this parody by this musician artist named Chris Mann, and it was a play on Adele's Hello, and it's mm-hmm. basically about quarantine and social distancing. And as you read it, like obviously COVID-19 is not really like a laughing matter per se, but a lot of people are like, hey, this is like a nice sort of like positive thing that yeah. I can I mean, there's a difference between during these like, dark moments. Making fun of the virus, which people shouldn't be doing, and making light of the situation, and then creating entertaining content that people can enjoy that is about COVID-19. Do you know what I mean? Like, not everything has to be done with the same level of seriousness. Like, it can still be educational and fact-based while also being enjoyable, essentially. Like, it doesn't have to be, yeah, it doesn't have to be mean-spirited in order to be, like, entertaining. I also think that, you know, to refer back to how you had been feeling and, you know, you're talking about the feeling of like, oh, there's not much I can do. It's like we in these situations, it becomes the most clear to like creatives, like, oh, we don't actually save lives in a very concrete way. Right. And I had this conversation with another creative friend who was like, maybe I should have become a doctor, like when I had the chance, because like that would make a real impact in in the world as opposed to like what I do. And she's a product designer. But even though we might not know the exact effects of what we do, like we can't say we saved this specific person's life with our actions, it doesn't mean that what we put out there doesn't help. It's just not calculable in the same way. Yeah. One thing we've discussed in the past is that this is sort of the role between communicators and scientists, right? Like scientists might actually be doing some of the most important work, but if they're unable to communicate their message, then it becomes difficult for the masses to kind of understand and adopt and or integrate those learnings. Yeah, exactly. And also for the who, like everything in this brief, even though you were kind of hating on the design, you kind of make a point here. Everything in terms of the language and the words is very true and fact-based coming from the who and the UN. But what if it was more appealing to a general public? Like that's the way people's minds work, you know? So it could be things are listened to more when they're packaged a certain way, even if the truth is the same across the board. We all need something positive right now. So I'm glad you found something positive to talk about. Was it on the last episode where we were discussing like how we could find ways to run like projects or sort of community activities? Yeah. And this feels like it. Well, it was last week we talked about open office, and which, which we did this past week. And this feels like it would be kind of the right sort of touch right just like an open brief because this is usually a type of brief that happens behind the scenes but it's like kind of open and out there it's also different because it's not like a request for proposals you know it's just saying like please everyone just run with this like you don't need to get any more sign off here like just go with these ideas and consider how you can apply them speaking Mm -hmm. of you know, last week we had talked about ways we could support people with making, and then we ran the open office, which is one of those intangible ways that I think we did do something positive. Like, I can't say how much positivity or like measure that impact, but it's obviously better than nothing. 
like even the little bit that you do for however small amount of people is something that's more than nothing, which sounds like super cheesy. I I am aware. Maybe this is something we can do upcoming is just like throw this out there and maybe maybe this is like yeah a point of discussion why not i mean they've taken the know. effort to write up this brief it's also interesting if you passed on that brief and then somehow like made more specifics for it for your own community and see what the community generates in response that could be one way yeah sounds good canadians are specifically referred to mm. as an ins- inspirational case this brief kind canadians start care mongering yeah i saw that i saw that good place to cap things off even though we even though you'll be in the same time zone the same city as me next week probably still be doing this remote <laughs> yeah i mean well we're definitely still doing it remotely for two more weeks and then after that who knows but also we had already perfected this like remote podcast recording and now in this period of time it has come in handy it's interesting because this to me is a pretty good way of doing it like it's just easier to edit we've talked about this before maybe after all of these other podcast creators discover the beauty of remote recording they'll just keep doing it this way there's no need to be in a room together although you we've talked about it as well it's like the social dynamic is a little bit different yeah with three people this would be so much harder That's a good place to cap things off for the day. If you are interested in hearing more about Macon, reading and listening to some of our stories focused on the sights and sounds of creative culture, you can visit us at macon.com, M-A-E-K-A-N.com. You can also subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and platforms. If you like this podcast, you can do us a huge favor by reviewing us on iTunes or sharing this podcast with a friend. Also, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email myself at charisse at macon.com, C-H-A-R-I-S or Eugene at Macon.com, E-U-G-E-N-E. We love hearing from you. I'm Eugene. I'm Sharice. And this is Making It Up. <laughs>